Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show, Matt Williamson of SNR, and Dale Lawley of SNR. We are here to uh, catch you up position by position on the NFL Draft. Uh, you can uh, catch all three of us on the Steelers Radio Network pregame show. Matt and Dale are the tag team on the drive on SNR, but we're talking about prospects today, uh, guys who will be playing presumably in some of the games that we uh, set the table for with our pregame show work. And today we're here to talk about running backs. Dale, uh, I know there's been great debate in recent seasons as to whether or not uh, running backs should be drafted highly and, and invested in first round picks and, uh, you know, capital of that nature. Some teams get by without them, but boy, when you have one and he's really good, they're really nice to have, aren't they? They really are. And if you look at it over the last five drafts, there's only been nine running backs taken in the first round. Um, you know, that's just that to me, though, talks more about the position and kind of how it's been. I think it says more about college football than it does the actual position itself, because a lot of these guys are, are running in, you know, spread offenses and things of that nature that, that free it up. So you can just put an athlete at the running back position and he could be a 190 pound athlete because the holes are so big uh, because of the running quarterbacks. It doesn't really matter. But when you're looking at the guys for the NFL, you want them to have a little bit more size. And so, you know, they better be, they better have those special traits. And, you know, that that's where this comes into play. Uh, they just and they also have a short shelf life. I mean, it just, you know, you just see it time and again where where, you know, if you spend a pick on on these guys, are they going to be playing 10 years in the league as opposed to that defensive tackle that you take in the first round? And, well, he's probably going to have a 10 year career, that offensive tackle or that guard, whatever it may be. They just have a longer shelf life because they don't take the beating these guys do. Yeah, to Dale's point about size, uh, seven of the top 10 rushers this past season, 220 pounds or heavier. Now, that doesn't mean they're. They're big, slow, uh, you know, rumbling, bumbling, uh, <laughs> plodding type of guys. These guys are big and athletic now, and, and they can move. But uh, certainly helps to have that uh, bulk when you take the pounding that Dale referenced. Uh, Matt, let's have you uh, lead it off. Uh, your number five running back, James Cook from uh, National Champion, Georgia. Yeah, and – Quick overview. I'm not super impressed with this class, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm going to stress, you know, their abilities in the passing game, which I have a feeling is going to come up a little later when we discuss a certain guy. And Cook is, I think they're, again, I'm looking, getting ahead of myself a little, but I think this Debo Samuel usage of receiver running backs is something teams are going to look for. And Cook is such a good receiver from the slot out wide. He's Dalvin's brother, by the way. And he's small and he can't handle a big workload, but he could do the Debo Samuel slash Naheem Hines type of thing. And he's just a really dynamic guy that's a great athlete and is a weapon. I mean, he's he's not the 220-pound guy that's going to lead the, lead the league in rushing, but he's a weapon. Dale, you and I have uh, Brian Robinson Jr. of Alabama checking in at number five. And uh, again, for people who are maybe uh, just catching one of these episodes for the first time, this is our first look at it. We're going to be doing these triple takes leading up to the draft. So these these rankings are subject to change. Our mock draft uh, first round is subject to change. And you're probably going to see some changes. But uh, Dale, I, I kept it simple. 
All the running backs at Alabama graduate <laughs> to the NFL and do well. So I'll, I'll take the 226-pound kid uh, at number five that had a 1,300-yard season and played in the SEC for, for Roll Tide, and I'll, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, and he, he really impressed at the Senior Bowl as well, Mike, with his, with his pass protection. Uh, he's, a, he's really willing in that, uh, caught the ball well, uh, did all the little things. And I think, you, you know, you could be looking at a guy here um, maybe he could be your number one. He, he did that last year. Obviously, he was the backup to, to Najee Harris and, and a lot of the other bevy of backs that they put out in recent years. And this year, he got the opportunity to be the number one guy, and he produced. I mean, that that's you know that's the long and short of it. And you know, to, to get that kind of production at that school, uh, playing the schedule that 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 they play, um, you know that that he can do it. And you know, there's there's a little bit of, of of Naji there too, in terms of the size, in terms of the production. Yeah. It, it spiked his senior year when he finally got a chance to be the guy. I, I like him a lot. Matt, number four on your list, uh, Damon Pierce from Florida. Yeah. I didn't know much about him before the senior bowl. And I thought he was very impressive there. Although I don't put too much stock in running back performances at practice of the senior bowl. Cause you're not getting tackled and things like that. But I thought he really did a nice job catching the ball and in pass protection there, which is something he wasn't asked to do much at Florida. Um, sparingly used there. I mean, so do they have some freshman that we're going to be talking about in a couple of years as a first round pick? I don't know, but he is a short, compact, Barry Foster type, you know, bowling ball, hard to get on the ground. I think he'll have to be a much better pro than he was as a college running back. Yeah, a lot, lot of touchdowns for a few touches. In, yeah, in yeah. his career, to your to your point about the usage, Dale, you went with uh, one of my favorite running backs in this draft uh, at number four, uh, Kyron Williams of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, a little bit smaller than the other guys uh, on my list here. He's five nine, one hundred ninety nine pounds. That doesn't seem to keep him out of the end zone. Uh, he had thirty one <laughs> t- thirty one touchdowns the last two years. He he he, you know, he had twenty one hundred uh, rushing yards, and he also caught seventy seven passes as well so he you know he can do those things for you and he he can return some punts too so there's a lot there to like goes back to you know the maths uh talking about weapons out of the backfield i think this guy could be a weapon type uh uh player uh maybe not a, an every down running back in the nfl you never know maybe he grows into that but uh certainly uh you know his performance uh you know can only go up i think be you know depending on how well he runs how well he tests yeah i think he's gonna run well and test well and I think he's the home run hitter of this class. Uh, I, I'm not in love with 199 pounds, but boy, does this guy, he can break people's ankles in space. Uh, he can get to the edge and turn it up. He can catch the ball. Uh, he does a lot of things uh, really, really well. I'm, I'm enamored with uh, Kyron Williams. He's number two on my list. My number wow. four my number four is Isaiah Spiller of Texas A&M. I just think he looks the part 6'1", 225, runs inside, runs outside. He, he has good vision. He can take that outside run and cut it back inside. He's effective in the passing game. kind of looks to me what an NFL running back should look like. Uh, Matt, you've got Spiller at number three. Uh, and Dale, your number three is uh, two spots too low. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got Kenneth Walker in. I actually have Isaiah Spiller as number one. Um, and, and again, I, I'm with Matt. I don't love any of the guys in this uh, in this draft class, but I, I think Spiller is the kind of guy that you're looking for in terms of total package. Uh, being able to pat, you know catch the ball didn't have you know heavy usage at Texas A&M. 
uh, did it in a, in a major conference, uh, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. Uh, that, to me, matters as well. Five and a half yards of carry in his career. I got Kenneth Walker at, uh, of, of, out of Michigan State uh, at number three. And the only reason I have you him better there, have but, Jim Brown and Barry Sanders as number two and number one. <laughs> the only th- the questions that I have about Kenneth Walker, and I think Matt has some of the same. They didn't, they never used him in the passing game ever, ever. Now he's great when he's running the football. That's fantastic, but they I, I don't know what he is as a a receiver. And I also look at the transfer from Wake Forest to Michigan State and wondered. Okay, maybe the maybe the coaching staff at Wake Forest had no idea what they had there in this guy. But why was he only a part-time player at, at, at Wake Forest, and then all of a sudden he becomes a star at Michigan State? Maybe you could fill us in on that. I can't speak to Wake Forest, but I'm going to give you guys <laughs> – I'm going to mix my sports here in, in, in giving you an analogy to this situation. Oh, why didn't they use him in the passing game? Can he block? Can he catch? You know, the Penguins drafted a guy named Mario Lemieux a long time ago, (laughs) and somebody asked the general manager, Eddie Johnston, about whether or not Lemieux could play defense, and he said, and I quote, you don't take a thoroughbred and make him a plow horse. Kenneth Walker III is so good running the football. Why would you ask him to do anything else? I say that tongue a little bit in cheek. Now, people uh, tuning in, listening in, uh, watching, reading, whatever, they may or may not be aware that I went to Michigan State University. I watched every down this kid played this year, and I saw him put a program that won two games the year before on his back and just have a phenomenal year. He makes every kind of run you can imagine. He's tough. He doesn't fumble. And, oh, by the way, that Michigan State offensive line was not the uh, Texas A&M Maroon Goons or the old uh, Washington Hogs. It, it wasn't that good. Uh, made uh, Ran through tackles, broke tackles, contact or yards after contact, all that stuff. Uh, 5'10", 210, uh, I think he's phenomenal. And, again, maybe it's familiarity and uh, just a little bit of appreciation for all the fun that I had watching him on Saturday. So I think this kid's a really, really good running back. I agree with you. in that, But he was two for me, Walker. And I think he's the best ball carrier of this group. And frankly, I don't even know that it's that close. I mean, balance, power, all those things, you know, like Nick Chubb to me is one of the best ball carriers in the NFL, but I think Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are better players because of their well-roundedness. And I just don't see the well-roundedness from Walker. Maybe it's there and when it just is untapped, I don't know. Uh, His pass protection reps are a little frightening. Um, And and one thing I noted about him was if this was the eighties, this guy might be a top 10 pick, you know, but the positions just changed. And, you know, if the next team doesn't plan on having him run a lot of routes and they just want to hand the rock off to him, like Chubb or Derrick Henry, he'll excel. One guy we haven't talked about yet. And he's on all three of our lists. I've got him at number three, Uh, Matt, you've got him at number one. And uh, Dale has him at number two. We're talking about Brees Hall of Iowa State. Uh, Matt, why is he the top running back available this year in your uh, incorrect estimation? Yeah, and frankly, I don't <laughs> think most <laughs> most years he wouldn't be. Like, if you compare him to last year's guy, I think he's probably the fourth back off the board. Um, you mentioned the, the line that Spiller ran behind, behind A&M, which was exceptional. The one at Iowa State's pretty darn bad um he i just think he's the most complete back i mean he has a lot of touches i mean 590 touches over the past two years so there's a little more 
you know, tread off of his tires. That's one reason I, I banged him a little bit more yeah. than Spiller. Yeah. yeah, I think I they're, I think they're close in terms of, yeah. I think those top three guys are all pretty close, actually. Me too. Me too. Um, but, you know, Hall has the most uh, wear and tear on his body by far. Yeah, by pretty, far. Co- pretty consistent, though. Last two years, very similar. Uh, no drop-off. You know what you get with this guy. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I kind of agree with the way you guys see this class. I don't, I don't see Jim Brown or Barry mm-hmm. Sanders, but – uh, maybe a little bit like quarterback, more than uh, perhaps meets the eye initially. And isn't that always the case in the draft? There's always X number of players that people didn't necessarily see coming that managed to excel. Well, you know, what people often overlook, Mike, is is where these guys land at. Um, you know, you can you can be a great player or a good player, and you land within a, in a, in a spot where it's just not going to work for you. And you see this a lot. Then they go somewhere else, and it, and it's you know all of a well, what, this guy can play. How did they screw this up in the other spot? Well, the, the fit wasn't there, you know. So so much of it's fit and opportunity. And you know, if these guys get opportunities, um, you know, they could certainly be uh, solid players uh, next year. That is a really good point, Matt. Does uh, Dale make these kind of uh, insightful points on the drive every day? On Usually, what happens is I say it on the drive, and then he says it here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we make all kinds well, of Hey, it's a copycat league. Everybody knows that. <laughs> hey, real quick, I just want to throw one thing out there. You know, I, you know, Walker to me is a huge question in the passing game. And I give, you know, Spiller and Hall pretty good marks there, but by no means are they Kamara or McCaffrey either. I mean, they're like Leonard Fournette type receivers, capable, fine, but not difference makers in the receiving game. I'll make uh, one more point about Walker since I'm the point guard here and I get the ball last. <laughs> he started the season against Northwestern scoring four touchdowns, the Al Bundy. Four touchdowns in one game. Do they against, count if they're against Northwestern? Against Michigan. Does it count if they come against Michigan? He scored five. Five touchdowns against Michigan. That forever gets him a spot in your heart. Oh, Maybe right at the top of the list, Dale. That's going to do it for uh, the running backs segment of our pre-draft coverage we've got a lot more of this stuff to come so uh thank you for finding us however and wherever you found us keep doing so you can get this kind of uh, quality programming and i say that from the bottom of my heart quality programming on all of the steelers social media platforms until next time for matt williamson and dale lolly i'm mike pursuta you've been uh, listening watching reading absorbing the nfl draft triple take presented by upmc